0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast with myself, Keith MacDonald, Ian Doyle and Theo Squires, We've got a bit of a bumper episode today. We'll be reviewing Saturday's 3-1 victory at Wolverhampton, as well as previewing the Europa League tie in Austria later this week. As I say, I'm joined by Ian Doyle and Theo so gents, we'll get straight into it. Dolly, you were at Molyneux on Mm. Saturday afternoon. Um... Plenty to talk about the good, the bad and the ugly of Liverpool all kind of you know summed up in, in 90 minutes. What were your kind of takes on the game and, and what can we learn about this Liverpool side five games into the new season?
2: I mean to paraphrase Sven Yoran Eriksson um is the old not know he, is. Easy, he knows he is. I mean come on, we have to we have to give credit to our, our listeners um and our hosts as well. Um to paraphrase him, uh not so good first half, good second half, because he used to say the opposite for England. Um no. It was a uh, Typical after the international break for especially if you're playing at half past 12. um, It's a weird one, isn't it? Is because did Liverpool struggle because of that, or did Liverpool struggle because it was put in their mind that they were going to struggle? Yeah. But then again, they did play at Wolves back in February, and the start was very similar to what happened there. And the team, certainly defensively, there was obviously Matic played and Gomez played, although in slightly different positions. Uh, they played last time out as well. So from that start, you were thinking, well, this isn't very good. And the impact of all that travelling, you saw that on Alexis McAllister. He had a terrible first half, like truly not good at all. Uh, gave the ball away, just up really slow. And when he did have the ball, he was passing it straight to Wolves. Um, and then even someone like you know, Dominic Sobersly, who's had such a good start to the season since he came to the club, even he was giving the ball away. And you could see that they were all getting frustrated and Klopp, you know. but he said afterwards, didn't he? He said, uh, what do you know, what did you think at half time? He said there were points in the first half where I was just thinking, "What he said, WTF. And so um that kind of summed it all up. But then, which I'm sure we'll get on to in a bit, is you've got this bench where you had mm. Luis Diaz came on, and shortly afterwards Darwin Nunes and Harvey Elliott came on. And they made a massive difference. And so too, to be fair to the manager and his coaching staff, is the fact that they changed the formation. They went, we couldn't really quite work it out whether it was four four two or four two three one. 2 seems to be a mixture of the two, but if you factor in the, that and that Wolves had an inevitable drop-off after the effort that they put in in the first half and the fact that Liverpool got to grip with Neto in particular um, defensively, you combine all of that and this kind of new steel that Liverpool, well, new is it? Because they did have it. For a long time on the they club, didn't but they it did, year, yeah, they? they lost it for the first two thirds of last season. Um, for example, at Wolves in February, as we've just mentioned, they um, they managed to just look as though they were they got the equaliser fairly handy to be fair and start of the second half. Gakpo was already going off, yeah. and Giotto had a hand in it as well, and you could just sense that Wolves were towering. Liverpool were on top, and while it wasn't so much a case it was only a matter of time Liverpool were going to score. It wasn't a surprise when they did, and by the time that you know, Harvey Elliott who I still think should get that last goal. Yeah. fair, uh, I saw a replay, it was yeah. going horrendously well. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right, fair enough then. Um but then if you, you you know you can't score if you don't shoot. Exactly. You don't, know. don't, you don't win the raffle. Well that's it, yeah, the old, old old cliche. So so fair enough for him. And he, he said he, he celebrated it quite well, didn't he? For running off into the away end and Curtis Jones followed him. They both got booked. Um but now it was what could have been an absolutely horrific afternoon for Liverpool and another example of why Klopp so fearful of these half twelve kickoffs? Let alone them being after international break ended up being a reason, probably given a lot of reasons why Liverpool, not so much Liverpool fans, but I think other teams are looking at Liverpool and thinking, "Oh no, they're here again, aren't mm. they?" You know, and I think that's kind of what I think is the realization amongst some of the other Premier League teams, especially when you consider how the likes of Chelsea, Manchester United have have, have started the season when they were supposed, and Newcastle to a degree, that they're supposed to be. Top four rivals, Liverpool have already got quite a lot of points on them. When you can consider last season, it, after 12 games, they'd only won four games in the league, and after five, they've already won four.
1: So, Theo, as Dolly says, then there's like a um, Liverpool's kind of grit and resilience has, has returned. As I say, 16 games unbeaten now in the Premier League, and during that time, they've, they've won you know in every manner possible. They've had big wins, they've had last minute winners, and then they've you know dealt with adversity as we've seen over the weekend. Is that like a is that a hail to Liverpool's strength and depth that they have now? As, as Dolly says, Gakpo, um, you know, started the game. He comes off. Luis Diaz comes on at half-time, makes a difference. Harvey Elliott too. I think that's the, the third or fourth time he's come off the bench. This year, and he's, he's really made a difference. And it felt like times, you know, last season due to form and injuries, Liverpool didn't really have you know substantial options off the bench. Whilst I like some Manchester City and, and even Arsenal and Newcastle, the, the sides that did better than Liverpool last year, they they weren't uh, detrimented by injuries. So, so where do you kind of stand on Liverpool's squad depth now? Is
0: that is it up there with the best in the league, would you say? Yeah, I, I think so. Like last year, they've not really lost much in terms of numbers. But what the the big difference is, they've got players who are available again. Like they, they were unlucky with injuries at times last year. When you think you lose Jota to a long spell, you lose Diaz to a long spell. But when you have Oxide chamberlain and Cater and these sorts of players who are absent for a while, that was something that just part and parcel of mm. Liverpool So They've done this midfield revamp and they've gotten five really strong attacking options now. And you can rotate like the fact that we're five games into the season and we'll be saying the exact same thing after 35 games into the Premier League season. You cannot choose what is your go-to first choice Liverpool front three because the strength there is so strong and after these uh, midfield signings I think when they've settled in more we're going to be saying a similar sort of thing. Uh, It's easy to say in hindsight it was a mistake to start Alexis McAllister. We were saying on the podcast last week that when you're having to go and play up in the mountains Mm -hmm. of Bolivia and then come back and it's a 12.30 kickoff that is going to Take its toll. I can understand why Klopp thought we'll, we'll give them forty-five minutes. But you, you look at um, Diaz and Nunes, clearly, they're having a little nap on the bench and uh, benefiting from that extra hour before they had to kick off. But when you've got these options, you can take those chances, and it's one of the, the positives of when you've got five substitutions you can make. You can go right. This isn't working, and we can make a big change. Um, when you've got these players now, such strength and depth, they've all got a point to prove. It's only going to be good for Liverpool. Like we can look in the defence here and say the rotation is its quite down to the bare bones almost at the moment. And we're still seeing Gerald Quanser step up. Joe Gomez after a shaky start—he's carrying on his form. Still got Costa Simac, who didn't come on, and we'll probably see him later in the week. Like, the squad isn't looking so much healthier than it did a year ago. You think? Well, when it was last this strong, Liverpool competed for all four yeah. trophies. So. While well, we don't really know what to expect from the team fully yet because they've got a lot of growing to do together, you still want to find out what the best formation is and what your go to eleven is. It's certainly encouraging starts and as Doily referenced, when your teams are dropping points, who you're expecting to be in title contention. If Liverpool have got what? Spurs away, Brighton away at the end of this month, uh, before the next international break, if you get two good results there, you are looking in such a strong position yeah. heading into that next international break in a month's time. I
2: think you gotta bear in mind with the with the peep sorry, with the players being available is that I always work on the assumption that one of your defenders is injured, two, two or three your midfielders, and one of your forwards. Is that just you, Scarfone? Yeah, that's, the, the that's, <laughs> that that, yeah? that's just me. Like, that, I think I would imagine clubs also work on the fact they know they quite well. There's going to be some players injured at the moment. Liverpool haven't really got. Who's it? Thiago. I don't know Van Dijk and, and Trent. There, were, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Right. So there's not a lot, and certainly with the forwards is when you compare them to last year. Diaz and Jota missed an awful lot of the season. Nunes was was bedding in, and Gakpo wasn't even there for the first half. So, so It's almost a complete new yeah, exactly, from line, isn't yeah, it? From that, from that experience point of view. So it, the players who've come on have made a massive difference for Liverpool so far this season have always been the forwards, mm. because they're always going to do that, because you don't really want to change your defence. You don't really want to change your defensive midfielders. So anyone after that is your forwards, and they're the ones who can change games. So Liverpool have been a bit fortunate in the fact they've all been available, mm. and they won't be like that for the season, because you, you think that Ben Doak hasn't had a, a look in yet. And we expect, in that team, yeah, it, so. expect, you know, we'll get onto the Europa League in a bit, but he's going to get mentioned. We haven't mentioned, you know, Ryan Gravenberch has been signed and he's somebody you can play in all the positions in midfield. Uh, you know, Pesic, I know he's more a defensive player. He's not big. figured. Thiago's not fit. Bobby Clark's not even made the bench yeah, yet, has he? So these are players who can make a difference a bit later on, but at the moment, Liverpool are benefits in from the fact that they don't actually have... That many players unavailable. The only issue, of course, is that quite a lot of them have been in a position, well, basically two positions, isn't it? Right-back and centre-back. Mm-hmm. Connor Bradley, he's out. Trent's obviously still missing. Mention about Van Dijk and Canati's only just come back. And the fact that Gomez has been you know, utilised this season, they knew he was going to be a kind of a cover for right-back but and centre-back, he can't be in two places at once, which is why Quant has yeah. got in. And I think Liverpool have been a bit, a bit not lucky, but it's been a happy... Well, yeah, he's fortunate in a way that quanta has done quite so well. And the fact that the way he's been able to come in, he came on against Newcastle where, the, OK, it was a high-pressure situation but in a game, but not much pressure on him because they're already 1-0 down and down to 10 men. Mm. So a defender comes on, you think, well, you know, good luck, all the best, and <laughs> they end up winning. So that's quite good. he come on for a little while against uh, Villa really, didn't yeah. he? at the end. Train, but here. this was a completely different situation for him. Certainly in that first half where... The rest of the defenders, you know, Andy Robinson's done an interview with the the club website where he said, yeah, we can't, we didn't help him. He says, we try, we we're trying to help him, but we're all kind of like stuck in our own jobs, you know, trying to sort them out. So, Quanta came out a bit really well in that first half. And I think second half, he, I hope it was crap. We still haven't quite worked out what it was, but I think it's pretty sure it was I think crap. it was because yeah. went over yeah, yeah. to into him and tried to give a
1: bit
2: of... So, I hope it was that because he's somebody who, from not from nowhere, because he did... You he know, played for England in the under 20 World Cup yep. in the summer. He did well in the su- he did well in the summer on the pre season tour. He had was it? Under 19's Euros the year before yeah, when yeah, they won it? Yeah, also he, he had half a season at Bristol Rovers. Yeah, yeah Rovers. Bristol
1: Rovers, yeah. Joe Barton was singing his praises regularly, wasn't kind of
2: he? And he kind of learned a few lessons there because he got sent off, didn't he, for yep. a reaction to something. So that was very. Anyone who's watched him play that was kind of out of character. And he, so he, he captained in the, uh, the under 18 team to the Youth yeah, Cup final a couple of years ago. So yeah. he's someone who's. Might not have been on the radar of many fans, certainly outside of those who watch the academy, but for those who in the club, they've been keeping an eye on him for a long time. And what's interesting for me for Kwanzaa is that there's been defenders who've come in, such as Nat Phillips, such as Rhys Williams, who were forced into it. Uh, Billy Kometio, who came in. And I think he, to a certain degree, looks more like the kind of Liverpool player that you'd want. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying any of these other players are bad players or bad defenders, but, he, but but Quanta looks more like the kind of player that Liverpool would want if they went off and signed somebody. Yeah. And I don't think it was any coincidence that they looked at what he did in that Under 20 World Cup when he was alongside Colwell, who they were actually trying to sign. And I went, well, clearly he matches up quite well to this other player who we really like and we, we, what we're interested in. We would have signed had he not sign any, or tried to sign and did he not sign this new deal at Chelsea. So why not give him the chance? He's somebody that's here. And he will have games now where he makes mistakes because that's what centre-backs do. And centre-backs don't normally mature till 25, 26. You can enter. he's still not making mistakes, but he, there's a kind of leeway for him. And he's someone who's a France international. You know what I mean? And he's played the Champions League. So, World Cup final. Exactly, yeah. He nearly had the assist for the winner as well, yeah. So, I think um, I think for Kwanzaa, he's been a massive bonus that they weren't expecting.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: Absolutely. And, and Theo, as Dolly says, then he probably wasn't on a, I know we did a pod um, maybe two months ago and we, we kind of picked, you know, a few names that fans watch out for the for the summer. I think you were on that as well. And I think a few of us mentioned Kwanzaa and said, you know, we've been impressed with him in the academy. Certainly in, in UEFA Youth League game, he'd stood up and, you know, and there's big crowds down at Kirby. I know Dolly says then he's, he's, you know, just giving him a, a glowing appraisal. But have, have you been surprised with how kind of seamless his transition has been into the first team? Obviously, he came on against Newcastle um, and kind of, you know, laid the foundations for Liverpool to, to go and get that win. And then, he, you know, he had a kind of a low-key cameo against Villa, I think, the last 20 minutes as trend went off. And then, you know, he started, kind of been thrown into it against Wolves unexpectedly. Canate, you know, obviously he wasn't fit. But, you know, how, how impressed have you been and, and could you see that coming? Or were you thinking maybe he's going to bet himself in with the Europa League games first?
0: I was a bit surprised in the sense of how well he has settled in and how quickly he's had to settle in. But it's not a surprise that he's got that ability to enjoy that seamless transition. Like We've seen other centre-backs who have had to be t- turned to and they've been talked about a lot. And quanta hasn't really had that same focus on him in the same way. You might say maybe he's benefited from that, that he has been able to quietly come out of nowhere, almost the way that Stefan Pesetic did last year. It was like that welcome bonus where you see a few glimpses of, oh, he's ready here. But... Well, he started as centre-back as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he had to, didn't he, when they signed him. Um, they only changed him in the academy level, I think. Was it when he was still doing Youth League? He was like centre-back. Yeah. It was yeah. only when he was being and the season before, the, yeah. the, the season with India yeah. anyway, as yeah. he said. But with Cransa, um, like Doyle said, he's got he's got a bit of everything, doesn't he? He's a, a tall lad, but he's not like skinny like Seth Vandenberg or Oz. He's obviously got the pace, which Reese Williams didn't have or Nat Phillips didn't have. He's good on the ball as well. He's got all these attributes. Yeah, this is something that's special in a centre-back, this is what you want to see in a centre-back. Like, I'm sure there'll be plenty of fans that when that team dropped, like who's Kwanza, Like I was watching it with a, a few of our former colleagues in town, a couple of them, Evertonians, they're like, what's he like? And he's like, he is what you thought Kometio could have been when they were talking him up or when they were making big talks about Reese Williams. It's like, well no, Quantzer is better than those players at this stage of his career. And we are going to see more of him now because he seems so calm and composed. Like, You wouldn't be surprised if he starts against Linz, if he starts against Leicester City. And when Liverpool were looking for this young centre-back in the summer and it it didn't quite happen, well, they've already got this young centre-back now who can feel that. Yeah, he's not left-footed. He's not going to come in and be your makeshift left-back as well. But he's played a bit of right-back in the academy. So maybe that's something to watch later on in the season if they want to rotate it a little bit. But he's got all the attributes that you want to see in his young centre-backs coming through. And when Van Dijk's wrong side of 30, Matip's out of contract next summer, those game times are going to come more and more for him. Uh, so he's just got to build on this promising start, like Doyle says as well. He's going to make mistakes. Of course he is. Like we were seeing Canate making mistakes last year. Was it like yeah. the Brentford away game where he's like seems he's got leads all the time well in the world was, leads? Yeah. Gomez still was making mistakes last year. But then you get a run of games. It's about how it knocks your confidence. Yeah. If it doesn't knock your confidence or you can bounce back from it well, then you're in a good place. And From what we've seen so far, he's got those attributes.
2: I think the other thing about Quanta is that he's an example of the impact of having the under-23s training next to the first team yeah. because he may have been unknown to a lot of fans but for those players on that pitch those Liverpool players they'll have been training with him for the best part of 18 months it might not be regularly mm. but he'll have been there and they'll have known who he is they'll know him. so they'll have known and you've, I've seen this with uh, Was it like the Spurs game in the quadruple year where he's on the bench yeah. so he's obviously yeah, yeah. been training so, him for a couple yeah. of years Even Derby yeah, yeah. last year the yeah. league cup he was on the bench as well So it's like with Ben Doak with Harvey Elliott uh, with a couple of the other players who've come in is these first right team, first team regulars, senior players, they know that they can trust these players. So it's not like who's this. The only, I think, the only time you could say who was that it was Harvey Blair when he came yeah, in yeah. against Preston. I think that was a bit too early, and I think that was, that was still remains one of the not modest, but it was it was Matt, a little bit it. like one of the most unexpected. Yeah, because of injuries there, yeah. that one wasn't it. Yeah. So I think I think with Quanser there is that, and also with centre back, it's one of these ones positions where I think. Well, we just mentioned that Phillips and Cometio and Reese Williams I think what all of them and Cronter have got they got very good temperament mm-hmm. for Williams and Phillips to come in the way that they did you know Cometio he came in and obviously he's had a few issues you spoke to him, didn't you yeah um, so but he's still trying to not rebuild his career but just maybe just kick it on to another level but none of them got any problems with the mentality or the character and I think that's something that they instilled in the in the in the academy away from the pitch as well yeah so I think that they you know that's a Another example of stuff that the you know a lot of the fans don't see is, is building these young players into what they hope are going to be the right character to be you know for one of a better word men to to play in men's football and be able to cope with it because we've seen when these players have come in they haven't really had any issues.
1: And I suppose it's a fine balance isn't it between getting the, the, the timing right but also you know if you're in an hour of need like Liverpool were with defence last week and you know, you've also got you've got to make that judgment call haven't you?
2: But it's about opportunity as well, isn't it? As they must have, Every one of these players must know, I'm getting this chance now, I've got to be able to take mm-hmm. it. And I think with, you look at someone like, for argument's sake, like Leighton Stewart, who played against Derby last year, he was unlucky in the sense that he missed an awful lot of his, yeah. within like a year out, possibly would have got his chance then. And kind of slightly passed him by because he was playing in a team that wasn't perhaps as strong as it would have been otherwise. And that's how they signed
1: Jota, didn't they? And
2: well, exactly, yes. Yeah. So he's just, so Quanta, I think it's just everything's happened at the right time. And who knows what would have happened to him had Liverpool actually signed a centre back in the, in the summer? Like, let's be honest, all of us were saying that it should have done.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: Absolutely, and Doug, I'm going to throw a stat at you that you actually threw at me about ten minutes you ago. It back then. I'm going yeah. to throw it back. Yeah. So Liverpool played by your count, there's been 13 international breaks mm. during Klopp's reign. They've played 29 uh, Premier League Premier League games. Yeah. Um, in the early kickoffs. Um, no, they and,
2: played 29 in Saturday. Sorry,
1: 12 yeah. of those have been uh, Saturday. Was the 12th yeah. early kickoff one? Yeah. Of those 29, they've lost two in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, we we know Klopp spoke on Friday, obviously you were at the you were at the press conference? No, I was Sorry, not at Friday. Would, but you will have seen that Klopp um obviously spoke about kind of his annoyance um at the 30s and you know Liverpool got to deal was with an week,
2: And they've obviously got
1: to deal with that again in a few weeks when they play Everton after the October international break. We were speaking in the office here, and you almost said that maybe Klopp spoke it into existence into the players that yeah. to, to struggle. I know Klopp couldn't put a finger on it in, in terms of the preparation on on, on Friday. You know, he, he cited issues of having players go all around the world. But what is what is the issue? Like, What is your take on it? Because Liverpool aren't the only team in the Premier League that have players jetting off all around the world. And, you know, now they, you know, with Firmino having gone, you know, they have less players in South America. I know McAllister was there as well. But it does seem like it is, I don't want to say it's a mentality problem, but. I think everyone was kind of going to Wolves on Saturday thinking you know, if we lost 1-0 I don't think anyone would, would have been surprised and, and that's bizarre given how strong the
2: had started the season I just wanted to maybe get your take on it all Well look at how some of the other teams did they've got a lot of internationals United got beat 3-1 0 by Brighton I know Brighton are a good team but I mean in terms of just uh, the, Yeah I know but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back to, to Chelsea nil nil against Bournemouth City went 1-0 down against West Ham although admittedly I think they had about 15,000 shots didn't they in the end so they won that one quite comfortably Um so I don't know. Tottenham, yeah. They had to have an hour's worth of injury time in which to win the game. So it's not just a Liverpool thing. I think it's all of them. And I think sometimes people forget that. But just the half-twelve thing I think is a noise more than anything for Klopp because I think Liverpool in that time, we mentioned, that's the twelfth one in that time. The next team six, isn't it? We've had half-twelves. So I think it's Tottenham. Mm. And City and United are right down there. And, I mean... Is that coincidence or not? I don't know. Is it the fact that Liverpool are very popular in, in Asia and that's a good kick-off time? Possibly. I mean, a lot of them have been away from home as well. That's the other thing about these half-twelve kick-offs. I, mean, I know a couple of them, like Man City, it's not very far to travel, but it's still not. It's before yeah, on the Friday. Yeah, it's still not Anfield, is it? So I, I think Klopp just sometimes, he, like anyone, he, he gets these things in his head. And to be fair, it's, it's not as if he's not doing out any evidence. He just probably wonders <coughs> why. I he... he, he the other thing you always talks about is player welfare, which is, again, is linked into this. It's like, why do you have to have a half-12 kickoff after in that international break? You know, I think they had one a couple of years ago when they played Watford, and that was in the, when the COVID thing was happening. And they just said to Firmino and Fabinho, I think it was, don't even bother coming, just get yourself off to Madrid, you know, because they're playing in, the, in midweek, didn't they? I think Alisson went as well, didn't he? Because Keller was in goal mm. that day. But for 5-0. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so th- there is that, but I don't... <sighs> I don't necessarily think it's gotten heads of the players at all. I think you looked at McAllister we mentioned; him, he was just tired, and it kind of got in the heads because look what Diaz and Luis did when they came on. Yeah. So, you know, it's just it's just the probably more important is the fact they haven't played together for two weeks. That's the other thing about an international break; it almost you know checked the momentum Liverpool had got. And now, um, for the next until the next international break, unlike oh, the games at the start of the season, Liverpool are going to be playing twice a week now. So you're going to get. More stress on the squad, which is what I was trying to say before about you have to expect that some players are going to be injured or unavailable, and I think we'll see that now over the next couple of weeks. I will throw in a, a speculative theory about it. One of the changes—I <laughs> no, know uh, this isn't like you—One <laughs>
0: yeah, of the changes Klopp made when he he took over um, was the training times. Yeah. I think it was it was unpopular at the time. That like Henderson said at the time that like he addressed it with him going like, like the training later in the day, in the afternoons, whereas traditionally footballers train in the morning and they have the rest of the day to themselves so that wasn't particularly popular in the squad but you think if you are training in the afternoons and you've got a bit of a line in the morning it is going to make a difference when that's what you're used to like even on friday when he was doing his uh, press conference at quarter past 12 he was saying he hadn't seen nunes yet he hadn't seen diaz yet he hadn't seen mccallister yet so that would support that they were training in the afternoon but you think however many years of training three o'clock, whatever, two o'clock, mm. when you have to be up that much earlier. like We know they travel down on the Friday to get to a Wolves. But it's still, it does come into it when you think footballers are so much about routine. When that is, that's something that's slightly different. It, it can knock you
2: off. do yeah, we get Wolves at all of this issue as well, don't forget. Yeah. But I think, I think I'm pretty right in saying that they didn't have quite as many internationals, yeah. so they could prepare. The other thing is they could have more time preparing for the game. And the one thing you know Klopp loves, it's the preparation time and he didn't have much
1: for it. Absolutely, but one player who didn't, you know, and I mean to be fair, he not not jetted off very far. But Andy Robertson, he showed no signs of fatigue really. Um, okay, he wasn't one of the strongest performers in the first half, but he thought I thought he really came alive in the second half and kind of, you know, spearheaded the, the Liverpool comeback. Obviously, gets the, the second goal. Um, his two hundredth Premier League appearance for Liverpool, uh, captain in the day. Obviously, with with Trent and Van Dijk both unavailable. Theo, just a word on his performance and how impressive he was. You know, there's a lot of noise in, in the summer maybe about his role changing and will he be impacted by Trent's new position and what, what could that kind of spell in the long term for him? Obviously, look after a left-sided centre-half, he could potentially do your do left-back as well. But Robertson has kind of really answered back his critics quite emphatically in recent weeks, hasn't he?
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, he's been good the last few games, hasn't he? Like before the break as well. I know he had a, an up and down game against England for Scotland, a couple <laughs> of assists, one for the right reasons, one for the wrong. But it's still, he's showing those encouraging signs of bouncing back. Like all the Liverpool players were saying last year, Robertson was the one who had to make sacrifices for the new formation. And it was a bit of a bedding in period to try and get up to, to get, get to grips with it. And in pre-season, it wasn't quite working for Liverpool in terms of there were still spaces down the flanks, spaces in behind so so far this season we've seen them tweak it a little bit haven't we like we've seen them maybe not have the right back come inside into midfield as much whether they stay out wide or they just drop into the center back position instead and while that wasn't necessarily the best thing to do with joe gomez in that role against wolves it at least allows robertson to get forward more and play his more natural game and it certainly plays to his strengths same time we did change the formation in this one which isn't the first time we've had to do it this season and when he can just be a natural attacking left back Mm. he looks so more much more comfortable Uh, you look at his goal granted he's popped up in the right wing and I suppose all of our thoughts at that moment is what's he doing there but he's he's still still going and going and going he's read it so well to win that ball on the halfway line uh, make that run into the position see that that the pass is going to come back from Salah because I think it was Nunes on the edge of the box you maybe expect your striker to be making that run but no it's your left back and then to have the composure to just wait for it to come across his body and go with his favoured left foot it's not something he's lashed at. he knows exactly where he's placing it it was a very composed finishing he's a player we know thrives with the leadership that responsibility when there's no van dyke no trent alexander arnold we saw how much it meant to him as well in those celebrations but he's one of the senior players in the squad now isn't he lost a lot of the experience in the summer and now he's what late 20s he's someone you are going to look to and you want to see him back to his best. Like, granted, when you've got all your defenders fit and you know what your formation is, maybe you do go and sign a centre-back. There will be times when he drops out of the team and that you do want to do more like that left centre-back in that left back role. But at the moment, that isn't an option. They don't have that player. So it's about Andy Robertson to keep performing, keep impressing and show we don't need one. Whatever our hybrid is going to be, I'm the man for this. What we've seen so far is supporting that.
2: So what you're saying is you're looking forward to the opportunity to drop him. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're dropping him. We're dropping him so there another, p- another player two-footed by Theo Squires. But totally, you know, <laughs> as Theo says then, a lot of
1: noise around his future. I think I, I maybe questioned him a few weeks ago on the podcast, to which I think you were you you were quite in his defence. You know, you said he, he'd been one of the pool's best players and rightly so over the last couple of years. Do you think he's playing like a man who's got a chip on his shoulder, maybe from that noise, or do you think this is just Robertson playing at his, his levels that you know we've been used to prior to, to last season and is maybe slight drop-off?
2: I don't think he's necessarily bothered about what anyone says, least of all you or me. He does now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think I think it's I think you've got to bear in mind that Robertson spent almost all of his Liverpool career with Sadio Mane in front of him and also Jordan Henderson, Fabinho, you know, and who was inside and Van Dyke inside of him. So it's throw Luis Diaz as well, like they were building that relationship well, and then he misses what, him for Well, that's what I'm about to say. didn't trouble. me. That's exciting. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so last season, obviously, he was trying to build that relationship with Diaz, as Theo's just said, um, and that got disrupted. Jota, mm-hmm. then it was Nunes for a bit, wasn't there as well? Cavallo played there for a couple of Nunes, games. Nunes who could Gapho not have had that. Gakpo as well, yeah. And then in midfield, from April on, Curtis Jones is in there who hasn't been there and now there's another midfield on top of that with Alexis McAllister whoever ends up playing number six it's not going to be McAllister I don't think Um, which could end up being McAllister playing on the left side so he's had a lot to pull up with and on top of that is then there's the formation change which yeah as as Theo says it has he's had to change his game a little bit and I don't think it's any coincidence that his best performances this season have come when they've gone back to a normal like 4-4-1 because the sendings off or 4-4-2 in the second half or whatever it was Formation that they played there certainly wasn't it, the 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 hybrid right back role which Joe Gomez was playing in the first half, which was slightly alarming. <laughs> uh, not that he did anything necessarily wrong, I would like to say, but I just thought it was a bit. He just did Neto. Yeah, well, that wasn't it, to be honest in the first half. I don't think anyone would have no. been able to do that. So it was. It, you don't want to blame him too much for that. Could have got a bit more help. Would you think we could see a shift back or,
1: to almost a? Not a f- I a f- think f- I
2: think we saw. I know you're going to ask me. I think what we saw this against Aston Villa. I think Villa set up to go, right, Trent's coming into the middle. Yeah. And then he did, but he didn't do it anywhere near as he much as he Yeah, And this way why he kept on getting a lot of the ball out wide and was able to you know, mm. change the game. He set involved in the first one, wasn't he, with the ball over the top. And he was just able to dictate the game a bit more, because he had more space because Villa was set up. And what Liverpool have got now is that variety of other teams going, right, he's not there, so we need to get over there. And then mm. he can move in and then... So it's going to, you know, it's just basically giving Liverpool another option and there will be some games where Robertson just won't be able to do what he normally does because of the players in the team or the, the, the approach that they've got. But then there'll be loads where he does and I think we saw in the second half as one of them where he had the opportunity but also the fact that the fact that he was the captain, the fact that Liverpool were losing, the fact that he realised that there was quite a few players needed to step up in the second half and as obviously as the captain he thought, well, I'm the most senior one here I'm going to have to do this and, and he did. And so, I do think there'll be some games now where he's not playing. We'll get onto the Europa League team in yeah. a bit, and I think Simakas, who strangely he did play as the inverted inverted fullback yeah, again in, in during the summer. So whether or not they decide to do that on Thursday, I don't know, but I'm sure we'll come to that in a bit.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: But just before we do get onto team news in Austria on, on Thursday, which you guys will both be mm. at, just wanted to quickly talk about that inverted fullback role. And obviously, a lot of talk before the game was whether Joe Gomez would you know fulfil that role or whether it would be you know kind of a back to a 3 kind of thing, which Liverpool played in in recent years. Is that a worry? Because in the first half, you know, without a Thiago Alcantara or without Trent Alexander Arnold, someone to pick up the ball, I thought Liverpool really struggled, and one that onus kind of is on you know Joe Gomez systematically. You know, the drop-off is huge. You know, he isn't Trent Alexander-Arnold and, and there isn't many players who are. But how do Liverpool get by that? Because it feels maybe if they do come up against it, you know, no disrespect to Wolves, but a better side. You know, if Trent Alexander-Arnold was unavailable for a top six game, You know how do Liverpool almost combat that? Because they have no one in the squad who can do what he does. Well, you
2: could argue that Connor Bradley could possibly do it, but then he's untried at Premier League level. Mm. So, and he's somebody he probably would have been playing. Let's be honest. That's why he was still in the squad. Um, but he's out for probably till not quite Christmas, but not far off, is it? something like three months. So I just think Liverpool, just it's, it's, it's like with any system, you've got to have the players. And I think if we've probably seen with no Trent, Liverpool can't play anywhere near the same. But then Liverpool have played hundreds and hundreds of games with Trent yeah. just as a normal right back. So it's not that big an ask. It's just for the... Uh, and the midfielders have come in. I'm obviously not used to either of the formations because yeah. they want to just sign for Liverpool. So I don't see it being an issue. I just think it's something they'll learn along the way. And I wrote a piece yesterday about Picking up on something that Klopp said is that Liverpool are about to learn an awful lot of lessons already this season through being down to 10 men, players missing midfield and players missing in, de- in defence, that kind of thing, and being being 1-0 down after to fight back. And they've shown really, really, well, I think has been interesting. The new faces and the and not just the new signings, but Curtis Jones playing him you know, far more involved. Harvey Elliott, to a certain degree, he's still only 20, so he's still learning the game. It's these kind of younger faces have helped... Whole learning experience for the certainly for the, some of the senior players as well because they brought something a bit different, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, you got the new signings, and they certainly brought more more experience than the younger players and something different that they've learnt on other clubs. So it's the approach you and
0: I do like three or four times a season from Klopp in that Southampton game where this is why I've signed the new contract because we've got Jones and Elliot coming through, yeah. I want to bring through this next side, mm-hmm. like we're only what. Not even 18 months on from when he said that. I think that was a conversation I with think, you, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, I, think it, his first it it, I
2: think his first attempt at changing the team was last year and it hasn't quite worked, as you can probably tell. Yeah. And this is kind of the second upgrade of that because normally when teams change in such a drastic way, the first one almost always doesn't work. And I think that's what Liverpool found last season. But there was enough in there for them to take and to move forward. And whoever it was that came up with the idea to, to do this hybrid I know City and Arsenal have already played it but for Liverpool to play it to try and unlock Trent it's been interesting because as I just said before it's not only unlocked him in terms of going into midfield it's made him just feel let's be honest a bit more enthusiastic playing just at right back as well because he knows he's going to gather basically
1: yeah yeah. absolutely and as I say you'll both be heading over to Austria on where are
2: we going? it's Linz in Austria as I say you're flying Wednesday morning isn't it? it is yeah lovely stuff so I'm going to from Manchester terminal 1 though which is clearly not lovely stuff anybody who's ever been to Manchester terminal, terminal two, one, like, 1 terminal 2 is where you want to go yeah i'm it. pretty sure we're flying from terminal 1 which means still better than probably, terminal 3 we're probably just going to head off now <laughs> there <laughs> it
1: is it's not a direct
0: route for anyone listening do do to no of
2: course it's not, it's not cuz it's not to divulge? i don't even know where we're going from frankfurt frankfurt Three frankfurt so Brussels frankfurt. mm-hmm. on the way back i will okay. get a free chocolate i don't know it's always talking about chocolates, isn't it? Yeah, I just that's what I did um on
0: the way to Budapest for one of my holidays this year. I gave us free chocolate because it was a Lufthansa. Are we are we Lufthansa? Are they the ones overseeing it? They're, they're the ones who are taking our luggage, I think. I don't know. We'll find out.
1: <laughs> Feels like there's a sponsorship opportunity to be had here. Well I'm not <laughs> <jokes> <laughs> for your team. Michael, listening for
2: the podcast. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> actually, both <laughs> of
1: your teams for Thursday night, obviously Liverpool's first Europa League game since twenty sixteen. Obviously, having dropped out of the Champions League last season, as as you both mentioned earlier in the podcast, um, plenty of changes expected. Just um, start of you, goalkeepers Doily?
2: Now this is interesting because goalkeepers Clop- say Clop- not goalkeepers. Yeah, yes. is, well, you say goalkeepers. <laughs> There's going to be no Adrian for a start. He's not in the squad. Um, I know one or two of our staff members are a little bit intrigued by that. Um, in terms oh, of, yeah. yeah, 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 you got there eventually. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do. I'm Marcus. Um, I, Klopp's not said anything about who's going to be playing, but I'm pretty sure this is going to be Keller's it competition. Be, it? It has, it, it's it. the only reason he's still in <laughs> the club. Let's be honest. Although he probably wants to leave, so I'm fully expecting Keller to be in goal. And I actually think he'll be in goal and will stay in goal, no matter how far Liverpool get in the competition. is my belief. Yeah, I'd go along with that. Yeah. Maybe um, you can go
0: for Mikel Arteta and go. I'm going to start just subbing my keepers. But uh, yeah, Keller. Does that have to be well. for Keller the minimum this season that he has to play in? Every yeah, that and the weekend. League Cup. Yeah, yeah, that and the yeah.
2: League Cup. I think that that would be fair enough. Uh,
0: Defence, Theo you, right to left. Well, I don't think we're expecting Trent to be back. Um, the word was in the last press conference that he might be back on ball work this week. So you'd rather wait until the Tottenham game, for example, for him to make his return. So Joe Gomez is going to have to be right back. Uh, if Jarrell Crancer was just suffering cramp, yep. so he's fine to play, I'd start him. Uh, Virgil van Dijk can come in as captain because he hasn't played the last couple, obviously. And then, as we've alluded to earlier in this podcast, Simic Gas can come in. And probably inverted left back, swap it to the other flank. Uh, you, you'd like to think against an Austrian side you haven't faced before, at Liverpool, whatever the formation, whatever the setup, should still have enough. Absolutely. Do the same
1: for you, or are you bringing Canati in alongside Van Dyke? No, I think or? that's
2: exactly the same. And I think what we're going to find when we go through this team is Liverpool's lineup is probably a lot stronger than people were thinking. And I don't yeah. think anyone would have had Van Dyke starting yeah. the Europa League game, but I think he's going to have to because he hasn't played for more than three weeks now, has he? Liverpool anyway. Liverpool, Liverpool anyway. And he's so you're going to be
0: the only one who's actually a captain. In that leadership group who's probably starting. Yes. Absolutely. And do they go for, you for the midfield, plenty of options to choose from? Yeah,
2: the midfield, telling one player who's definitely playing is Harvey Elliott's right. He's definitely yeah. in. Um I think Ryan Gravenberch will play. Uh I think In the he, sixes, it, I presume. No, actually, yeah. because don't forget that they've got because this is the that's an interesting because they've got Endo and they've got Bessetic. And I think I'd probably play Endo. I think he's uh, it, this is kind of he needs to get some more minutes under his belt we know what Bacetis can do at Liverpool so I don't think that's a worry I think Bacetis can wait until the League Cup game mm-hmm, next week yeah. against Leicester so I'd go endo Gravenberch and Elliott, which suddenly looking at this and going this is actually quite a strong team the only difference that w- he might do is whether or not Salah plays which we'll come on to in a minute I actually think that he will but if Elliott, if sorry if Salah doesn't play I'd yeah, probably play Elliot on the right and then you gets another s- space for another midfielder in which case you're looking at possibly you could play percentage because he can play there or um, Bobby Clark Bobby Clark yeah
1: mm. so I just want to come to your own end though you mentioned a point yeah. that he didn't, didn't play at Wolves at the weekend how obviously footballers want to play every game Endo's obviously not a, a young sign in being looking to bed in he's mm. 29 I think how disappointed 30. Will he? 30 how disappointed will he have been not to have started you know McCarthy's well documented travel I think it was 6,000 miles or something to, to Argentina uh, Bolivia as well uh, he comes back and he's rushing for a 12:30. look looking at that from the bench, thinking, what, "What do I have to do here to get started?"
2: Well, we know what he has to do. It's not just him. It's Fabinho it was the same when he first started. He mm. Klopp said a couple of weeks ago, he was asked after after one of the press conferences before. I think it was actually I think it was before the Villa game, and he said, "Look, you know, Fabinho took a few weeks. I had to have a few meetings with Endo to tell him what what we expect from him." And I think this is the kind of game where Liverpool will have to do a bit of defending uh, in terms of um, in terms of you know t- terms of the midfield play. Uh, but what will be good for Endo is he's playing he's got Van Dijk behind him yep. so it won't be like a scratch defence as it were it will be you know, the best defender Liverpool have got will be playing behind him but look, that'll be good experience for him so I think this is an opportunity for him to play also against opposition who are going to be better than a lot of the other teams that Liverpool might play in this group Absolutely
0: and uh, Theo are
1: feel in midfield, same as Doyle or any, any
2: Yeah change?
0: I think it's the same true the only change I'd consider would be maybe Elliot in that front three, um, if you're going to rest uh, Salah, which I'm going to do. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll go for the same three: Endo, Graven Birch, and Elliot. I just said Elliot twice.
2: You've said Elliot twice. Elliot, yeah.
0: Graven Birch, and Endo. Sorry. Lovely. Um, Doyle
2: continues so for three then. Sorry, we got two.
0: Elliot, Endo. Okay, we got
1: Endo and Elliot, I think, threw me off there as yeah. well. Uh, Dolly, for attack then. Are you resting, Salah? No, I'm
2: so playing I'm going to play. him. Yeah, I think he'll play. And they'll just sub. He'll want to play? Yeah. I mean, I, I looked into it um, for, for something this morning. Liverpool have played 68 European games since Salah joined, and he's played in 67 of them. And of course, which is the one they didn't play in, 68? where they where they, be, where, they oh, so where they won four 0 Yeah. yeah against Barcelona so he's only missed one game I think he came on a sub in about two or three of them but uh he'll want to play if he if he wants to play it's, it's, it's almost like it's not even one of those ones where say Jota played in that dead rubber against against Switzerland yeah, yeah. glad you said that Um <laughs> butchered it yeah Um and got injured and everyone went, oh what have you yeah. done that for with Salah he just always plays all the time anyway so Liverpool so have to temper
1: that the further you know in the group stage, you know I maybe I th- after week three. Th-
2: yeah, exactly. I think that's more like what might happen if they get themselves in a good position in the group. Then you go to Salah. Look, there's no point you are playing. So I think he'll play, and then Nunez is going to play up front, mm. right? That's going, that's that'll probably be happening. Then on the left, you're then looking at the game at West Ham. Oh, sorry, against West Ham on Sunday, and thinking, well, who do you want to start there? And I'd be tempted to play Jota. Instead of Diaz. At West Ham no, No, I get it on Thursday because I would want Diaz to play mm. uh, on um, on Sunday. And no room for Ben Doak
1: toys. as you say you're playing Salah. No, this,
2: this is what I was saying is that I think for these initial group games, I think Liverpool will be a lot stronger than people think because they've got the players available. Yeah. Don't forget, we haven't even mentioned the injured Thiago. Mm. He's somebody else there who you, could get him. you mentioned uh, Bobby Clark and you men- it said Ben Doak as well. So, no, I can't see that happening. Plenty
1: of changes at half-time while
0: he's running the game. Well, that's certainly. it, again. And Theo, you're, you're front three. You, you're going to rest, Ali, you've, you said. Yeah, I'd start Ben Doak on the right. This is the competition where you want to mm. see him get in those game times. And I think um, it's like the Leicester League Cup quarter final where, granted, Klopp had to make three subs at half-time and take off the three kids. But when you've got those subs in the reserve... You Can do those sorts of decisions so you can play the kids, see how it goes, and if it's not quite clicking, you can bring off a mo bring on a mo salah from the bench. But when there's that excitement about Ben Doke, he's been in the match today squad for all but one of the games so far. This is the competition you want to see him in, and he feels like he's a bit ahead of a, a Bobby Clark and he can get in getting that opportunity. Hmm. Um, so yeah, give him a start, see what you can do. I, I agree, Nunes down the middle, hopefully, a good chance for him to get a couple of goals. Yeah, and then if anyone's guess for on the left, you've got three players that could. Go there. Um, at the moment, I'd say Diaz is the first choice, isn't he? Hmm. He's the one that's getting you excited. Uh, he had a good substitute appearance <coughs> on uh, Saturday, so let's leave him in reserve for West Ham and go for Jota. I think. Lovely. Yeah, I'm going to push for a score prediction. I don't think anyone has ever got one of these right. On the I got the last one right.
1: i know, I got
2: born with 3 one right. We'll yeah. when I, I said I don't think anyone anyone ever got. <laughs> the Prediction right, so Theo, take it away. Uh, I'll go three. One again. Do we... Either 3-1 or 2-0. They were my two goals. I haven't said that. I've never seen last play. I'm just going <laughs> off where they've... Just doing a bit of research, seeing where they are in the, in the Austrian league and you know, who they played against. Um, but yeah, I think Liverpool, because of the fact that as we've just gone through a team that's had... How many changes would that be? Say the team that I picked. SimiCast so would be one. Van Dijk would be two. Keller has three. Uh, all changing midfield. All changing midfield. So that's... And then two up front. So that's eight, isn't it? Mm. So that's eight changes. It's still a very, very strong team. And Klopp hates making that many changes, to be fair. Yeah, So I think Liverpool will go reasonably strong in that sense and they will win. And they'll just want to get this group out of the way as soon as possible.
1: Absolutely a bag from the round of 32 as well at stake, isn't it, for the, the group winners? That's correct, yeah. So, you know, plenty of incentive. But that's all we've got time for today from myself, Keith MacDonald, Ian Doyle, and Theo Squires. As I say, the lads will be in Austria later this week, and I'm sure they'll be doing a, a special podcast for you over in Austria.
0: Where we'll just repeat everything we've just
1: said. <laughs> and <laughs> and we'll, give give else. we'll get someone else to say it. Yeah. <laughs> and give a different score prediction, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. um, but until later in the week, that's all we've got time for. Thank you for joining us.
0: You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.